0: You're listening to the CTK O'Fallon Podcast. Matthew chapter number 16. Chapter number 16 and verse number 24. And we'll read just a couple verses of scripture here together. We are in the second part of our Sermon series, Unload, which we covered last week online. But Matthew chapter number 16, verse number 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Let him, he said, deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Today we're in the second part of our unload series and today we're looking at getting self out of the way getting self out of the way. Would you lay your Bibles down and let's ask the Lord to be with us. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you today for your direction. I thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your grace and mercy that we feel here this day. I ask right now that your word would be anointed to our ears, to our mind, and to our heart. And I pray that there would be clarity. Let there be direction and instruction. Let there even correction be there in our life. I pray that you would work your will. In Jesus' name today, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. And somebody said, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Getting self out of the way. I like the outdoors, and and as you know, I I enjoy doing things outdoors. And uh, sometimes I do things that I shouldn't do. And uh, overextended. You think, hey, that looks fun. That looks exciting. So I'm going to do that. Uh, one of the things that I enjoy, my wife and I enjoy, is float trips. And we did, a, we did a float trip, I think it was last year in the spring. And maybe we can do another one here coming up soon. But we were doing a float trip. And I, I've done many of those. And it's, it's, I don't think it's been very often that I have done a float trip, canoe, kayak, that I have not at some point in the trip got more water in the boat. <coughs> than I wanted to or flip myself out of it and, 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 and uh, been dumped over. Uh, it's, it's usually a, a limb hanging out in the way and you're not paying attention and you're kicked back, relaxed with your feet up and your head's reclined and just your eyes closed enjoying as you're floating down and then all of a sudden you hear a little ripple coming up ahead and you open your eyes to see that there's a branch or a tree that's falling down and 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 you could have escaped it but you needed to start paddling about five minutes ago to get over to the other side and now you're stuck and you can't sink down any lower and the limb catches you and there you go and there go all your stuff and all your belongings and so I always pack everything in Ziploc bags and 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 tie them up and and uh I think it was last year. Who was it that got dumped? Was it Brother Grover that got dumped? You got dumped. You, same thing happened, and you get thrown over, and and, and the issue is 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 never the canoe, and the issue is never the kayak. You get out, people get out, and say, well, you know, this I, I can't. This these and, and we'll say things like this dumb kayak or this dumb canoe. Um, we, we we I love it when you when you get when you're getting in and 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 there's. There's other people that are that are trying to get in. I remember that day, I think it was that day, we were all getting in, and there was a, another group that had been brought up to get in. And there was a couple that were out, they were out. I, 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 could, I, I think they probably had never been canoeing before. And they they'd probably, I don't know, but I'm gonna guess that they were they were close to their 40 or 50th wedding anniversary and they they thought let's do this this will be a romantic float trip and right there in that in that ankle and shin deep water they were trying to get in without dumping one another out into the water and 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 they got in and went ahead and I, I think they got dumped a few times and 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 we prayed for them as we went past them and floated on by them thinking this is going to be a, it's going to be a hard day and and, and people get upset this This canoe, something's wrong with this canoe. And the trouble is not the canoe. The trouble is always an operator problem, an operator error. The issue is never the device. The issue is always the person that's in the device. The person is the problem. The person is is the one that causes difficulty. You set that canoe in that that river, and it's going to float. You put the kayak, it's going to sail just, just as fine, but you put a person in there, and all of a sudden, the out of balance that takes place is not the issue of the canoe, but it's the person that causes the out of balance to take place, that causes everything to be thrown off. So it is in our life, and so it is in living for the Lord. Many times in life, because of water, because of turbulence, because of wind, because of obstructions in our past, we... Find ourselves out of balance. And, and in life, sometimes we, we have more water that we are taking more water in than ever was intended, than ever was envisioned. We're dumped, we're, we're, we're thrown out. Everything is in disarray, it's lost, it's capsized. And the issue is not life per se, because yes, those things can be an issue, but the issue is. Is us. We are the ones that throw our lives out of balance. Now, this is not one of those sermons where you want to amen really loud and, and run the aisles on, okay? Because, because this is one of these things where touches, it, it touches sometimes heart places, those those sensitive places in your life. And so I'm not preaching today, I'm not coming to you to to preach down to you, don't don't misunderstand me, I, I am preaching to myself, I am trying to open up something that we all know, but look at it together, and help us go forward. We're talking about unload, we're talking about things that get in our way. Things that we take on that burden us and upset God's intentions and purpose that prohibit what God wants to do in us. Last Sunday we were snowed in. We, You were snowed in. Brother Philip and Brother Danny and I were here at church. We, we came out and, and we set up and, and uh, we broadcast a little bit and I spent about 20 minutes talking last week about getting stuff out of the way, how stuff, the things, that the material things that we, we obsess over, or that that we think that we need can often throw our life out of balance, and if you didn't catch that, you can go back online and you can watch that, and I uh, still haven't convinced Brother Danny to sing for us, um, I don't know if that's ever going to happen, but today we're talking about unloading, unloading, not stuff, we're past stuff, but now we're looking at ourselves. we're looking at getting us out of the way, because the reality is, is that you can get in the way of yourself. You can, I can get in the way of myself. It's not my spouse. It's not my children. It's not my parents. It's not, it's not my neighbor. It's not my coworker. It's not my boss. Although you can have, you can have justifiable issues and conflicts with all of those things, but But at the end of the day, the biggest issue is is me. It's it's myself. Look at a couple verses with me here. We go to Galatians chapter number 5 and verse 16. And here Paul writes to the church at Galatia. And and this is the the wonderful passage where he's going to get to the fruit of the Spirit and what we should be about. And in doing so, he illustrates something before. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, he says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And he gives us a principle. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, capital S, and the Spirit against the flesh. Paul introduces to something that, that should be no introduction to us at all. And he says that your flesh, yourself, you, are warring against the Spirit of God. That there is an enmity there. That, that your flesh, that your nature is actually against. It is set against the things and the ways of God. So if you are trying to live your life according to the ways of God, if you are trying to live your life, uh, live for the Lord, automatically your flesh is in a struggle against you. And so this is a great conflict. He goes on. And he says, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, he says, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And he gives us a list of the works of the flesh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. He's letting us know the list could go on. And he says, of which I told you, I've told you in time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He's letting us know that the biggest struggle against the release of the Spirit, the biggest struggle against the Spirit of the Lord leading your life is you the thing that is in the way the most of the Holy Ghost breaking through in your life is you It's nobody else it's nothing else it is me and so today I'm seeking to unload myself I'm seeking to set self aside I'm seeking to look at this and to determine what path am I going to take there is a competition there's a competition. Who are you going to cheer for? Right. Come on. I know we're in St. Louis. I know Cardinal season is coming. I know people are already talking about that. They're already excited. And and, and, and I have some good friends that, God bless them, they're Cubs fans. Yeah. And, and uh, people are already set up. And here's how we do. People set up, and they're already determined how they're going to cheer and who they're going to root for. And uh, I saw someone was real offended the other day because I think it was MLB put out the the projected uh, uh, stats, seasons, where they were going to be and the Cardinals were second uh, and, and, and the Cubs were last and, and they were all upset about that. But I'm going to tell you, we, we determine who we're going to cheer for. But can I tell you, that, that's, just, that's, just, that's just sport. That's just sport. That's, that's frivolous stuff that doesn't matter. Here today, we have a greater competition and that is your flesh against the Spirit. And we need to choose and determine today what side are we going to be cheering for? Come on. Cardinal season's coming. All of a sudden, people pulling out sweatshirts and pulling out jerseys, and you're pulling out your T-shirts, and, and you're getting all this stuff, and, and, and you've got to be proud. And I'm going to tell you, we ought to do the same thing in our Christian walk with God. I, I'm pulling out everything that is rooting for the Lord, for the things of God, for the kingdom of God. I've got to set self aside. What kind of fan would you be if you, if, you, if you had a Rolodex of jerseys of all different teams? Well, I'm just going to wear this one today, and I'm going to wear this one. You're not going to be much of a fan. It's not going to mean much because if the guy is out there and you got the same seat every season, but when you come to the game, you're always wearing a different jersey and rooting for a different team. There's a whole mess of confusion. Can I tell you, we ought not do the same thing. We ought not come to church every single week, but each week we're rooting for a different team. No, we've got to get self out of the way hello somebody we got to set self aside when I come into the house of God I'm not saying hey who am I I'm coming to root for the Lord I'm coming to root for the things of God self says come on you're tired self says come on you lost an hour sleep in hit that snooze but amen the spirit says no I got to get to the house of the Lord the spirit says I've got to worship God the spirit says I must pray the spirit says I need God more than natural food So you got to choose where you are going to root. What side are you going to be on? Mark 7 and 20 says this. And Jesus said, That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, An evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. Look at what he says. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. He was accused because his disciples were eating. And the Pharisees came by and said, your disciples didn't wash their hands. It wasn't just about washing the hands with, with, with water and soap. It wasn't about using hand sanitizer. It was the issue that they were acknowledging, hey, they didn't obey the, the ceremonial law. They didn't go through the right ritual and the right routine to cleanse themselves. And the Lord calls their bluff and says, It's not that which cometh from without that defileth a man, but it's that which is within. See, here's the fundamental failure of culture, of government, and even of man-made religions and traditions, of orthodoxy. And that is that we can legislate some kind of way or set up parameters or rules or guidelines to keep sin out. And Jesus says, you can't keep sin out because sin is inside. It's not what's coming from without that's defiling a man. Now I'm going to mess with some of your. I'm going to mess with some of your political thinking right now. We have this concept in America because we have technology and we have intellect and we have academia that just a new policy and a new legislation is going to cure our culture. And I'm going to tell you, you can pass policy all day long till till the, till till the sun turns blue. I don't know, and you're not going to change a thing because the issue is not the outside. It's not culture that's causing people to rise up and kill another. The person. It's not it's not the, the, the things from the outside that causes one man to hate another. No it's that which is within. And Jesus said come on I came to change what's on the inside. Now, that doesn't mean we ought not do our best. Don't get me wrong. We ought to do our best. We ought to set regulations and policy and things. We ought to try to help reinforce that. But you will never cure a sin problem with something on the outside until you unload self. You've got to unload self. That is where the church ought to, the true church, the true, the apostolic church that is preaching the unadulterated word of God, not, not a church of tradition or man's opinions or ideas, but the church of the living God will always rise above and supersede cultures and societies and governments because the church, its purpose is to reach the heart and to let the spirit change the heart. You cannot change. Come on. You cannot change the prison systems just with passing another law. What you need is you need a revival. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can't change poverty. Come on, you can't change hunger just with another with another law. You need the baptism, amen, of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. That's, that's what's going to do it. That's what's going to do it. That's what's going to break crime. That's what's going to tear things down. Because this is what the Lord says. He says it's what's within you that defiles a man. Uh, uh, what was what was the comic Family Circus? Was Family Circus the little comic strip that used to be? We don't read comics anymore because we don't we don't buy the newspaper anymore. But uh, at least most of us don't. It's, a, it's sort of a, it's a dying art kind of thing. But Family Circus, I think it was Family Circus where the the, the and and I can't remember who the author was, but he he'd do it several times where the mom would say, "Hey, who did this?" And the kids would all go through and say, "I don't know who did that," or or and and what. The not me ghost, thank you. That's what I was trying to, th- the not me ghost. Not me, not I, not I, not I. And, every, and, 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 and the mom's like, okay, this just, there's a ghost called not me that does this all on its own. And we blame everybody else. No, it's us. You can't, you can't look at the trouble in your life, ultimately. I can't look at the trouble in my life. I can't look at the ba- out of balance in my life. Hear me today. My relationships, my issues, uh, uh, the problems, the things that I have ultimately I have to look myself in the mirror and I have to unload self. So let's go on. Here we go. Your flesh is warring against God. If you're desiring to live by God's ways, your flesh is against you and you've got to get flesh out of the way. What is self? Self is pride. Self seeks self. Selfishness, pride. Selfishness. Self says that I'm okay. Self says that I'm great. Selfishness is the product of that pride. And out of that selfishness comes a closed-mindedness. Out of that comes a refusal to change, a refusal to enlarge our capacity. I'm going to preach about that a little bit tonight. But we get caught up in self. I'm okay. Self says, I don't need to pray. Self says, I'm all right. Self says, I don't need to go to the altar. Self says, I'm okay. Self says, I don't need church. I'm always gracious and always long-suffering because a lot of people in this world are hurting. They've been hurt. They've been wounded, and I get that. But when people tell me, you know, they'll find out I'm a pastor. I go to church or whatever. They say, oh, that's great. That's great. Now, I don't go to church. I don't need church. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That, I think most often people are speaking out of a wound or they're speaking out of hurt, but you need church. I need church. I need church. I need people. Amen. Amen that when I come into the house of God and I don't feel like worshiping, they're worshiping to help inspire me and encourage me. Hey, it's okay to worship. I need people when I don't feel like I have the strength to pray that they go and pray and I say, hey, if they can do it, I can go with them. I need someone to come along sometime and say, hey, can I pray with you? Can I pray for you? Hey, let's worship together. I need somebody else sometime to open up the word of God and to preach faith and to preach redemption and to preach healing and to preach mercy and to preach grace. I do not want to be Caught in this thing that I don't need anybody. I've got the Bible, I can stay at home. All no, I, ne- I need to unload self and realize I need all the help that I can get. I need all the cheering that I can get. Sports fans go crazy and, and come game time. It's amazing. It's one of those things in America. It's one of those things that. Come game time, it doesn't matter what, what uh, 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 social class you're from, it doesn't matter what uh, uh, demographic, it doesn't matter what, what political side, it doesn't matter any of that. Uh, uh, sports fans will connect with somebody else just because they see someone else is a fan of their team. Just because they're a fan of a team. You'll be out in another city and they'll, they'll identify, hey, there's another fan. You don't know a thing about that person. You may disagree with all kinds of, but people connect, especially if the team is winning. They'll come by and, hey, and they'll give them a thumbs up and they'll say something. Hey, I'm going to tell you, we need, we need one another. I want as many people as I can rooting for the things of God and the Spirit of the Lord inside of my life. Proverbs 16 and 18 tells us this. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Mark 9 and 29, he says this. Jesus said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and by fasting. The apostles were trying to cast out a man who was possessed with the devils. There there were issues that they weren't accomplishing, and the Lord comes to them, and this is what the Lord says. Hear this. He said, this kind cometh not out but by prayer and by fasting. What does prayer and fasting accomplish that enables us to be able to command spirits, to to be able to to speak over sickness? What does prayer and fasting accomplish? If we look at prayer, we see two things in prayer. The results of prayer is this. Number one, the Lord's prayer is our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You can't proceed in that prayer. You can't proceed for the prayer of provision. You can't proceed to the prayer of forgiveness. You can't proceed to the prayer, amen, of provision and and protection and blessing and praise. You cannot get to that point until first you unload self. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. You have to displace self before you can ever approach the altar of forgiveness. That's, what prayer, that's the result of prayer. That's the first thing in prayer, the Lord's pattern that He gives us. The second thing we see is in the practice of prayer that Christ Himself prays in the garden before. He goes to the cross, He's in the garden, and He's praying. And He says, Lord, if it's possible, let me, if there is another way to bring redemption to mankind without me having to die the death of the cross, now is the time to show it. But then he bows his head as he sweat. The Bible says, as it were, great drops of blood. And he says this, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done to accomplish the greatest purpose and the greatest drama of redemption that eternity would ever know, Christ had to displace the flesh. He had to displace self. Can I tell you, we have to displace self. And it is only then when we display self, that then we have power to command spirits. Ah, get out of me. Get, get behind me, Satan! Sickness be gone. Dem- demon be gone. Devil, get out of my house. He said, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and by fasting. What does fasting accomplish? When you fast, you are denying self. Let's not cheapen what fasting is biblically. By, by saying I've heard people and, and, and God bless them this may have been a fast for them but I've heard people tell me as they are eating another dessert saying yeah this month I'm fasting fasting ice cream Sundays <laughs> while they're eating another sugar-filled dessert <laughs> you know ice cream Sundays is where, where, where it really gets me so give me another piece of pecan pie I'm fasting ice cream Sundays this, this this month now God bless you if that's what God leads you to do but let's not let's not cheapen what fasting really is fasting was a season where they took and they denied they denied their flesh they would go yes yeah, you you say well well fasting isn't healthy it's not intended to be healthy it's intended to subdue the flesh. It's intended to gather all of those fleshly desires together and to command them and to control them. It is able to tell your body that is craving for things. Folks, we have too many Christians that are addicted to too much stuff and things and we come in and we're wondering why we lack power and it's because it's because our flesh is controlling us. The Lord says you want power to cast out demons. He says you got to get the prayer right and you got to get fasting right when you pray and when you fast nothing changes in hell's kingdom but everything changes right here when I displace self and I can fill it with the spirit of God I can now walk in the authority of the Holy Ghost can I tell you, it's not God's will that you have to expect pastor to come to your home to cast out demons. If God has filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you ought to live a life that displaces self, and you can walk in authority. You can walk through the threshold of your home and take authority and dominion in the Spirit of the Lord. Oh, clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I hasten on and. Matthew 26 and 39 is where he says, Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. We, we have... <laughs> I say this proverbially. i got to be careful because I don't want to get myself in trouble. Sometimes I say things that I don't mean to say. That's been illustrated from this pulpit here before. <laughs> I've gotten in trouble with things. Even, even in staff meetings, I'll say something and I'll have to retract it and say, That is not... You know, you can say this, you can, you, can say, you can say the same thing, but you say it two different ways, and you send two different mes- messages. You, can, you know, I can look at my wife's and say, you know, when I look at you, time stands still. Don't ever try to say, somebody else was trying to do that to their wife one time, and they are trying to say that, and they said, you have a face that would stop a watch. <laughs> not the same thing. I, well, it is the same thing, but not coming across the same way. You say the same thing, but you're not saying the same thing. I get myself in trouble sometimes. But but this this is what Paul says. He says, we, we have these inflated bellies walking around as little gods that we must feed. And he said, this this becomes our craving. Now, now I'm not preaching against White Castle. You, God bless you if you want to go to White Castle. <laughs> what you crave. I preach, uh, bro, Brother... Tara, you, you won't believe this, but I, I preached on White Castle last year. I think it was last year, maybe two years ago. And I preached about White Castle, and I had uh, Sister Davis go and get a, 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 a Crave case, had a big Crave case. And so I brought it up here, and it just says Crave on it. And I was preaching, and you could smell it all throughout. And, I, and I, I said, how many like White Castle? Nobody raised their hand. I don't know. There's like 30 sliders in there. And nobody liked them. And so uh, I had them, when I was done, just take them back there and put them in the, in, in the kitchen and it was 10 minutes after service i walk in there and there's not one slider left there's a bunch of there's a bunch of dishonest people in here they wouldn't right <laughs> you crave come on that, this is illustrating my sermon sometimes the things you crave that, that's not good for you but you're craving it i got to have this i got to have this i got to have this and we crave that this is what this is what paul said he said He was speaking in the context in Philippians. And we went through Philippians uh, uh, last year at the beginning of the year. In Philippians chapter 3, the context, he starts out. He says, look, I don't have confidence in the flesh as other people. He was talking about the Pharisees and the Judaizers and those that have confidence in the flesh. They say, look at me. Look at what we've done. Look at what we've accomplished. And Paul says, I have no confidence in the flesh. He said, I could have confidence in the flesh. He said, my mind, my natural thinking could. He said, I was raised a Pharisee. I served God as strict as anybody else. I did this, this, and this. Look at all the things that I've done. He listed all the things. And he said, I could look at that and say, look at, I, look at, it, look at how great I am. He said, but I have no confidence in the flesh. Because if you live with confidence in the flesh, here's what he says. He says in chapter 3 of, of Philippians and verse number 18, he says, For many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even when weeping that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. He says when you are living in your flesh, you are an enemy of the cross of Christ. Everything that the gospel stands for, everything that, that, that God is trying to accomplish. Can I tell you, let's pause here and understand that the greatest enemy to the gospel of Jesus Christ in my life is not you or my neighbor, it's myself. It's myself. That's why today I'm saying let's unload self. Let's set self aside because when self creeps up, it doesn't matter how pretty you paint it and dress it up and whatever else it it may come out and you say oh well look at how great it is it is the enemy of the cross it's full of shallowness and and nothingness and dead men's bones and he goes on and he said the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end is destruction whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame who mind earthly things he said when you live in the flesh you become the enemy of the cross. He says, your God is your belly. Literally, he says, you're chasing after things that you crave. I've got to have this. I've got to have that. Can I warn you? Can I warn you as, a, as not only your pastor, but as a fellow believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, that we should check ourselves when we start saying, I've got to have that. Now, I know we say things, oh, I love that. Oh, I can't live without that. I know we say all those kinds of things. I get that. But I hope we don't mean that. I hope it's just a cliche that we're saying, and we don't really mean that. Oh, I've got to have that. I can't live without that. No, you can live without a whole lot. What you can't live without is you can't live without God. We gotta check ourselves when these things are driving us. Check yourself right now in your own mind, in your own spirit. What is it in your life that is saying, I've got to have that, I've got to achieve that? What is it? Because when we allow our God to be our belly, we've displaced the cross and we've displaced the purpose of God. And look at what he said: whose end is destruction. He said, They're headed for destruction. They're, they're headed for a horrible thing. And he said, Whose glory is in their shame? Here's what 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 happens when self becomes your God? When you allow self to stay, self becomes your God. It leads you. It dictates what's going on and what you're going to follow after. And now the glory, the things that you pride yourself in are actually things that are a shame for you. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful today what you glory in. Because you may be priding and glorying in something that you think, oh, this is great, but be careful that it is not self that you're glorying in. Can I just give you a word to the wise and say we ought to be careful and check ourselves every time we say something, present something, or post something on social media? Be careful, because the deception that can sneak in is we think, oh, look how cute and great and cool this is, or I am, or, or whatever it is, and we actually don't even know that we're glorying in our shame. If you're glorying in anything that is displacing the Lord and exalting self, is this all right? We're glorying in our shame. Be careful, he said, who mind earthly things. That's why Jesus said, and I close with this as they come to the music, Jesus said, if any man will follow me, if any man will be my disciple, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The Lord says, you want to be my disciple. You want to follow after me. You want want to have, after he's already said, the good things of the kingdom of God. You you want to be a part of this? You want want unrestrained blessing and protection and provision and insight and and love and grace and joy and peace and mercy? He said, if that's what you want, God has it all. It's whoever wants, let him come. It's open for anyone, but, but there is a caveat that you have to displace self. You have to unload self. You have to get self out of the way. Many of us in here, we, we, are not, we are not unfamiliar with the altar of repentance. We are not unfamiliar with the waters of baptism. We are not unfamiliar unfil- with the infilling of the Spirit of the Lord. But yet we can go through seasons in our life. Thank you for mentioning that, seasons, speaking about seasons. That was, a, that was a great word. I hope you catch on to that, what he was saying. Seasons in our life where frustration abounds. And the issue is not someone else or something else, but the issue is that we have allowed self to creep back up. I'm going to tell you, you crucified self. I can go back to the day. How many can go back to the day that you repented of your sins? Can you go back? Do you remember back when you were baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost? I thank God because I repented of my sins and I was baptized in Jesus' name and I arose, as the Bible says, to walk in the newness of life with the power of the Holy Ghost. Every day, though, I live with another resurrection. A resurrection that Paul says we have to put in its place. Every single day, the flesh is mocking the work of the Spirit. Hear me. And the flesh is trying to resurrect itself against what God has already put resurrection seed inside of you. Paul said every single day the flesh is trying to resurrect from that grave that I buried it in. Every single day the flesh, my, myself, is trying to resurrect. And so Paul says this, I die daily. He said I put it on the calendar. I put it in the book. I schedule it. Every morning is the first thing I do. Every day, it's the priority of that day. i got to go back to that tomb. i got to reseal that stone. i gotta, I got to make sure I'm dead. i got to displace self.'" And it doesn't matter how great Youth Week was two nights ago. Today's a new day. And if it's been two nights since I prayed, maybe you're stronger. No, you're not stronger than I. I'm not stronger than you. I need God every single day. That's why baptism is so powerful because baptism is acknowledging. It's saying, God, I'm coming to you not only for remission of sins, but I'm, I'm coming to Displace self permanently. I'm coming acknowledging that I'm a sinner. I'm in need of cleansing. And you alone are Lord. You I'll take the name of the Lord in my life. And when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you are buried. Paul said this: we are buried together with him in baptism. That's why you need to be baptized in Jesus' name. It's not just, it is not just merely a ceremony or a ritual or an outward sign. It is all of that and more. There is a spiritual thing that takes place in the act of baptism. But you can't say, well, I was baptized 20 years ago and I left it there. Because you've got to go back every single day and you've got to displace self. You've got to bury self. You've got to unload self. So maybe your prayers aren't going as high as they once were. Maybe your praise doesn't seem like it's really reaching the throne room of heaven. Maybe your sacrifice doesn't seem like it's really being received. Maybe it's not something else or the people around, but maybe it's just self. I learned learned a little while ago in my walk with God that, that I could go to any church, any service, be in any situation, and feel the presence of the Lord if my self was right. That I, I don't walk out of a service and say, well, that was a bad service. No. Well, man, because God, wherever I am as a child of God, there he is with me. Right. My body is the temple of the Holy, Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Lord. That I can get something from the Lord every single day. Now, I love to go to churches, and you know there are places where there is more liberty than there is not. There are things, there are issues, absolutely, and we talk about that. But for me, I can go in anywhere and I can worship God. I preached in some of the, the deadest, driest, most obscure places. Felt the power and the prompting of the Holy Ghost more than anything else. That assurance that God is with me. When you displace self, that should be your life. You should be able, I don't, know what, I don't know what situation you work in, I don't know what situation you live in, but as a child of God, you ought to be able to walk through the threshold of your home you can't control everything that happens. If, if maybe there's other people that bring other dynamics to that home. But for yourself, you can walk into the threshold of your home. You can walk into the threshold of your room and say, God, this is your house. Sanctify this place. This is your place. You may be, you may be working among Babylonian culture mentality. But when you go in that workspace, wherever your space is, wherever your cubicle is, wherever your position is, wherever your spot is, wherever your job takes you that day, you sanctify it and say, God, this is, your, this is your sanctuary. I'm your child, Lord. When you displace self, you can walk into some of the worst situations and you can feel the power of the Holy Ghost. God gives you authority. He said, you know why some of you struggle? Because your prayers, your prayers aren't Right? You started with the end before the beginning. You started praying for forgiveness. You started praying for blessing. You started praying for provision before you ever started displacing self. You get back to displacing self and then you can walk in authority in the Holy Ghost. And you can command sickness and spirits and things to get out of your body and to get out of your home and get off of your life. I do that, folks. I don't know if you do that, but I encourage you. When you're, when you're right with God, you go into your home and you take authority and say, God, I pray over the spirit of this house. I pray that you cover my family and my marriage and my wife and my child and my son. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Displace self. Take authority in your home. Take authority over those anxieties and those doubts and fears. You don't have to wait till Sunday morning. For God to display self. You can do that at any time. Here's what Jesus said. Men's and governments culminated in the worst evil that they could ever ever muster together, come together to stand in its fullness against God, against the purest manifestation of deity the earth would ever know. Jesus Christ, God manifest in flesh walking upon this earth. The Romans would scourge him. The Jews would reject him. The world would mock him. It was the culmination of the spirit of the world and humanity together against that which was the prince of peace. And they crucified him. They gathered together in their their agendas, in their strategies to kill Jesus. And they achieved their goal. But You know what the Lord said? He said, you didn't kill me. Well, wait a minute. That, that does not look like what happened because it looks like very much they took him. And they scourged him and beat him and put him through one of the most excruciating forms of torture and punishment and death. He said, you didn't kill me. You didn't take my life. He said, I laid it down. You know what he was saying? He was saying at any moment I could have spoke, at any moment I could have thought, At any moment, I could have walked out of that. At any moment, I could have taken control of the situation. But I yielded my life. You didn't control this. I yielded my life. I allowed it to happen. The Lord tells us. He says, take up your cross. I take up the cross of God in my life. I'm a follower and a believer of Christ. And when you do... Guess what? There's going to be things that happen. You're going to be hated of all men. He said, for my name's sake, you're going to be persecuted. He said, there'll be division in your own family, among your own friends, and those, they'll look at you and 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 and, and they'll cast you out and they'll marginalize you. He said, they'll ostracize you. They'll ridicule you. You'll, you'll have placed upon you the burdens of isolation and accusation. It will cost you associations and invitations and communities when you decide that you are going to live for God. In fact, sometimes, like Him, it will take its toll upon your health and upon your welfare and upon your wealth to the very point of their lives, the apostles and the disciples would die martyrs' death. But guess what? The world didn't take their life. They, like Christ, they gave it. I'm displacing self today, and I'm giving my life for the cause of Christ. You're giving your life, I hope, for the cause of Christ. When you displace self, I'm giving my life for the cause of Christ. So when you look at me, and it looks like things are coming against me, when it looks like societies and families and and ridicule and and stuff, here it is, all these burdens come upon me. Don't don't be misunderstood. Paul said this, nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors. Through him that loved us. Because I'm laying my life down freely today, I am displacing self. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4 and 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. You know what it looks like when you display self? doesn't mean that when you display self that you're never going to have any problems with money. Hear me. We're not preaching a prosperity gospel that says, oh, if you believe this, you're going to get, 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 get. Be careful because you know what that is? That is a perversion of the gospel that is, that is following after the craving of someone's belly. And if you're only serving God for the next blessing that he can download in your life you're just following after another god and calling it Jesus Christ but when you're really serving the Lord and you know I've got to take up my cross then you're ready to display self and when you display self there may be some cost there may be some things there may be some stuff that comes and takes its toll upon you you walk around, sometimes look around the body. There, there are some tolls, there's some, some despair, there's some tough things that come. But you, your life is not being taken, no. You've displaced self. You, like Christ, have laid it down. And here is what getting self out of the way looks like. Paul says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Here's what getting self out of the way looks like. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but, but they didn't cast me down. I, I, I gave my life. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body in our body stand together with me today I'm displacing self giving my life to the Lord can I tell you you don't have a job problem you don't have a relationship problem you don't have a money problem. Don't worry about all that stuff. What we've got is we've got a self problem. We've got a displaced self. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your word and your presence that we feel so kindly and wonderfully this morning. And I ask today that the word of God would be more than just a word. That it be more than just something that tickles our ears. That that God, that warms us. That Don't let, God, our church, don't let our church experience just be something, God, that massages our flesh. But, Lord, let it be conviction. Let the cross stand before us today, God. Lord, let us be motivated, God, by a cause in you to displace self, to get self out of the way. I pray for every household. I pray for every mother, every father, every son, every daughter, every youth, God. Pray for every individual, Lord, that we would displace self in our life and that we would put you first. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I know this is a little bit more heavy than Sunday morning normally. I know I like to preach about healing and redemption. Restoration and faith. But you see, I am preaching about healing and redemption and restoration and faith today. Because you don't really get that until you displace self. God's going to do what you cannot, but this is what you can do this is what you must do and this is what god will not do for you so we're going to sing today and i'm going to invite you to find a place to pray i'm going to invite you to come to an altar i'm going to invite you to find a place this is I'm not judging you on where you go or where you do but i'm telling you you've got to find an altar today to displace self if you need to bury your head right where you're sitting if you need to find a place in the corner you need to find a place to where you displace self today and when we leave here we're going to leave victorious not because we're victorious in our flesh but because he's victorious because when we can deny the resurrection of our flesh, we partake in the resurrection of the Spirit. Come on, there's a competition warring in your members. What side are you going to cheer for? Come on, what fan base are you rooting for here today? Come on, church. Come on, can you find an altar? Can you find a pew? Can you find a place? Come on, can you make a step forward? Can you take a step out today in your own heart this morning? In the name of the Lord, God, I need you today. Come on, if you need the Holy Ghost, he's here. In the-